every gardening workshop that talks about weeds begins with this time-honored statement that a weed is just a plant that's where you don't want it to be. Yeah, we call BS. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze, subsistence farmers using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it, and we don't make all misstatements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, and welcome to our podcast of April 3rd, 2014. Um, technically, you did have the correct definition of a weed, but I hear what you're saying. So many of the plants that we have around here growing where we don't want them at Longleaf Breeze are despicable things. I mean, I can't figure out what the redeeming social value is of any of them. (laughs) Um, And, you know, some, uh, that hen bit that's all over the place, you can see fields of it and they have little purple blossoms and if you really didn't care well, see, about... I don't mind those. I think they're okay. Oh, I don't like them because they love to get in on Veg Hill. And that's why we decided to make that the subject of the podcast today because we're uh, spring has sprung and we're beginning to see a lot of weed activity and um, places that the weeds have been dormant all winter. I'm looking out on Veg Hill and in my flower garden and um, struggling with them to remove them. And what we have discovered, at least for us, is that weeds are the all-time champion at sucking your time and killing your spirit. That's right. So uh, that's really how we arrived at our use of raised beds, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, what we don't use to deal with weeds, or at least haven't used them so far, we never make all the statements here, uh, we don't use herbicide uh, like Roundup and that sort of thing. Well, I have used 10% vinegar before, but it didn't really dent the problem. You know, it didn't make a dent. Yeah, that's a good point. I did use that long, long time ago in the orchard, and I agree with you. It really was not that effective. Uh, what I've, um, yeah, and the other thing we don't use or haven't used so far is tilling or plowing. We just have a, a deep-seated philosophy that we need to let the critters be in the soil, and the less tilling we can do, the, the more merrily they can play. And really, with raised, with raised beds, that's not much of an issue anyway. That's right. It wouldn't be uh, a, a, something you would normally do in a raised bed anyway. Um, so what we do, the, the ways we do deal with um, weeds and, and and I guess the first and perhaps most significant commitment we've made to weed management is the raised beds. We have 16 beds each one of which is 16 feet long by four feet wide so we've made a big commitment to raised beds and um, probably worthwhile to talk a little bit about where we are with them. Right. And and the reason we bring up the subject while talking about weeds is, and I think we covered this in a previous podcast, is that we had such a struggle with weeds encroaching from the aisles. Yes, I could get out and mulch the beds and keep the beds weeded, but the weeds were so um, pernicious and fast growing that I just couldn't keep ahead of them in the aisles coming over. 
to And that was the encroach. point at which the weeds were beginning to kill your spirit. That's I mean, right. You were just, uh, you were about to go crazy with the weeds. They were winning and I was losing. <laughs> so the, the raised beds really have been uh, a good solution for weed management because they create this wonderful line of demarcation. There is the, the soil outside the beds that I maintain with the lawnmower and the weed eater. And there's the soil in the beds that you maintain just by hand weeding and mulching and uh, fabric and so forth. Right. And by the way, we're overdue for a, your, your role in that because the weeds are growing That's right. leaps we have, and bounds. We have one rank of beds that has weeds around it. The others are so fresh, they haven't had, the weeds haven't really had a chance to start growing. But the one through four do need a pass yes. and I will do that and we've been talking the past few weeks about why these other beds are all fresh as you put it because we've had to redo our raised beds from before to vole proof them and the great raised bed do-over is proceeding in good shape uh, Tom and the two of us my brother Tom and the two of us had a good morning today um, during which we got the remaining four beds placed the next step is for me to come back and put hardware cloth in those last four, then fill them with soil, and then put the drip irrigation in. And when we finish with the drip irrigation in those last four beds, then we will be able to declare the great raised bed do-over finished. Finished, and hopefully successful. Uh, so far, at least, I'm not too worried about, worried about voles. There may be other critters, and we'll just have to deal with those by... Um, something that we put on top such as you know row cover or screen or something like that but um, at this point the hardware cloth should be effective in keeping something from tunneling up from the bottom we certainly hope so we hope so the other one of the other things we do because of the raised beds they allow us to do this is intensive planting we plant most everything really close together which has the effect of shading out a lot of weeds and allowing us to keep control of them just from the target crop. Well, within reason, I've, I'm learning that some plants cannot be planted too close together because the airflow is so limited that there are really disease problems. And a case in point would be the tomatoes. So there, I have no choice but to space those out more than I have in the past. However, I plant basil right next to the tomatoes, so it really does... I mean, there is, you know, that factor. But but you're right. Intensive planting can help um, and um, aided by mulching and other, other right. things that we do. Uh, and something that you still do on a regular basis is just getting out there by hand and scratching and clawing at the weeds. If I they mean, get we still to, do that. Yeah, and, and especially this early, I'm, I'm walking by where I haven't mulched yet and picking out little weeds as they're beginning to form the uh, are beginning to grow out of the soil a um, couple of those beds i intentionally am waiting because i put seeds in the ground and i need to see them germinate um, a couple of others like i planted potatoes out there who knows if they're going to even come up but when they do i'll mulch around them but for now in fact t potatoes you definitely should mulch around uh, for now i've got some bare ground where i don't plan to leave it bare ground and that brings up the next one, which is mulch. Uh, lots and lots of mulch. We use several different kinds of mulch, wood chips, hay, 
um, some sometimes straw, and we've just recently mm-hmm. taken delivery of pecan shell waste, and uh, we'll start using it here not too long from now. Right. Yes, we we'd been using our good wood mulch, but uh, we'd never tried the pecan shell waste, as you put it. So it's uh, that'll be something new. And of course, to form a weed barrier, um, newspaper is tried and true. It's tedious putting it down. I pretty much threw my back out the other day trying to get that laid out. Yeah, and I think we've got a picture of you and Adi working. Actually, I think you were doing most of the work. I'm not sure Adi was working that yes, hard. Yes, and now that it's done, Adi is not allowed in that bed. But I was putting down newspaper um, around the ornamental plants and then coming back and placing pine straw on top of that. But, that's the microclimate bed that's on the south wall of the barn where and, we have knockout roses and lantana. Right, and I have a... Um, gardenia plant and I also just today planted a, a double white althea which is a rose of Sharon type plant so um, I, it'll be a specimen plant out there should it grow the way I want it to um, and um, I guess what the other thing I wanted to add as far as paper mulches barrier mulches one that I really like is called weed guard but it's a little pricey for me to just roll it out on long rows and uh, but but the when I planted strawberries year, two years ago, it was the easiest thing in the world to just roll that out and cut a hole with my um, utility knife the size of the strawberry plug and stick it in and then put straw over that. So um, there, are, there are occasions when I splurge and use that mulch method. Uh, something that you have recently been working with at the Learning Garden at Extension is landscape fabric. Yes, that's and there are different... Uh, thicknesses and grades of landscape fabric. Uh, one that you can put down and we've used in some of the uh, ornamental beds have it, it water can permeate it so it's good for that and you can again put a hole in it wherever you need to plant a plant. But the problem is nut grass and other there are other possibly other weeds I don't know but that can actually come up through um, the uh, fabric so that was not satisfactory completely because I'm sure that we have some kind of weed around here that would come up through it. Uh, the most recent foray into the ground cover has been um, a really thicker landscape fabric that is less if not at all very little water permeability so it's not good for planting around plants where, whose roots need water. But if you're going to do container gardening or you, you wanted to use it to line your aisles where you're you know, not planning to plant something, you just don't want to have weeds grow there, it's, it's really good. And um, so I'm not counting that out as a possibility. And the aisles, right now we've got the, the mowing like strategy going. That seems like a limited going. application, though. If you're, you're saying that everything that grows around that's got to be in containers. Oh, well, now I was talking about using it around the raised beds, but you're right. One ap- option that I thought about after working so very hard yesterday or day before yesterday on the um, um, knockout rose bed um, with all the newspaper is, oh, okay, when I get ready to landscape and put some ornamentals up around the lodge, hmm, I need to be thinking about making it low maintenance because if I'm the only one really working on those beds, I don't re- I don't want to make more work for myself. And no, we sure don't. So um, I had th- so what I mentioned to you earlier was 
taking a note from what we've been doing at our church, we have a little corner that where I guess it's difficult to mow and somebody a long time ago, and also there's a some piece of concrete there that you'd have to work around anyway. So someone much wiser than I uh, decided to sort of make a little triangle and put a, um, a bird bath or we could just some kind of container containing um, plants. This, this year we put a geranium in there, four geraniums, I think. And um, that you can use the heavy-duty landscape fabric for because you're going to be planting in a container. So, the, you know, the, one thing I'm considering, just the idea just came to me, is putting having some beds that have that less permeable landscape fabric and just putting containers on top of them with a drip system. I mean, it'd have to have some kind of drip because otherwise it wouldn't work. But maybe if I just wanted to have a few geraniums out there in the summer or something like that, that's a possibility. And otherwise, just leave it grass. Seems like a lot of work to me. But well, we can it, talk about we it. We can talk. And the other conclusion I'm coming to, this is really not about, well, it's because of the weeds, is that maybe some of what I want to do to decorate around the lodge, since we do have, we're surrounded by woods, is to use more tree and shrubbery, you know, trees that have colorful blooms, shrubbery that has colorful blooms so we can have color all year round, but that would be out in the woods somewhere as an understory tree. Um, yes, I don't mind pruning, you know, you do that once a year usually. Um, it's this constant battle with the weeds that's so um, time-consuming, not fun, um, you know, I think I told you the other day when I put the newspaper down, I said, this is the least fun part of gardening because it's boring and it's backbreaking. Um, hopefully it will be effective. I've used it in the past effectively. So, but, but you know, I will say one thing about ornamentals. And I'm, what you're calling ornamentals for my landscaping, some of them will actually be part of an edible landscape. Um, I'm planning to use a lot of herbs um, and that kind of thing, but you still have to weed around them. Yeah. And and I do want to have a nice kitchen garden, herb garden up there by the lodge. That I'll just have to think about how I want to deal with the weeds to minimize the workload. Maybe something like, uh, since it's a small area, the weed guard. Okay. Um, another option for dealing with weeds, which we frankly have not used at all yet, is animals. Um, we are, we have a little chicken coop that we will use at some, you know, somewhere we'll roll it around in, as in the form of a chicken tractor. And we hope the chickens will eat whatever vegetation is below them and therefore uh, we'll eat it down to the ground and then we'll, it'll come back. Um, and obviously goats are a possibility. We've not had goats and don't now have any present plans to get goats but that's always an option right i've heard great things about their eating unwanted vegetation the thing with those is you'd have to be sure you can find them to the area that you do want them to eat because they would probably eat my vegetables very happily and i need to keep them away from those and your clothes and <laughs> yes any and number of other things stand yeah. on the hood of the car you know yes we know about all the the yeah. possibility uh that we might have problems with them but I'm not counting that out at this point. No, nor am I. Uh, obviously, another option with weeds is just to live with them. Just accept that they are there and um, be willing to live with the less, the lower level of productivity of the, your target crop. Well, in some cases, though, the um, allelopathic qualities of the weeds 
it's not just a matter of limiting the capacity. It can actually inhibit germination. Yeah. Yes. And what I went through with the strawberries out there three years ago, when I wasn't trying to do a raised bed or anything like that, um, the the weeds took over and they took over so quickly. And I mean, I even tried mulching. I put wood mulch out there. I tried everything. And it was just, they're so, um, you know, way out on Veg Hill. It's just right near the woods. I absolutely could not contain them. And I guess if I had stayed out there 24-7 pulling every weed that came up, I could have. Wasn't willing to do that. So I'm happy with the system we have now. So am I. One last confession that we need to make is that weeds grow more slowly here at Longleaf Breeze. Uh, but, of course, everything else grows more slowly here, too. More slowly we have than... Because we have lousy soil. Oh. <laughs> actually, our weeds seem to like our soil. They're growing really... F- <laughs> and, you know, we've actually enriched the soil out on Veg Hill. Well, you're right. So, In the beds themselves and... Obviously, and beside and, them, even. Yeah, even beside them, we have enriched the soil over time, so it is pretty good soil. Right. We, well, we spent, um, in fact, I was looking at it today as you were uh, out there, you know, tractoring around where we've kind of dug up some of the soil that's not in the raised beds. We had worked for three years planting long rows, 12 long rows of crops, and amending that soil. We really had gotten the soil to be healthy, filled with organic matter. And um, it was it, the soil was not our problem. The problem was that we needed to raise beds. So some of that soil is still out there beside the beds growing weeds like crazy. Well, I guess that that pretty much covers our rant about weeds. <laughs> <laughs> was it a rant? I, I guess don't in know. some ways it was. Yeah, but, you know, it's, it's a perennial problem and one that we will continue to struggle with. But we're trying to get smarter Uh, about how we deal with them with experience. So uh, we will certainly keep you posted about all of our thoughts along those lines. Thank you for being with us today, and I hope you have a great week. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780-446, Tallahassee, Alabama, 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log and check in with Lee and Amanda. That's longleafbreeze.com.